morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to church. Um, all of us in KIPP are really excited because this is our annual program today. So we invite you to come back at 11 o'clock um, or at 6 o'clock tonight we'll be doing the program. But usually at first service, um, it's a time for me to recognize my, my fifth graders. So girls, if you'll stand just a minute. Um, on the far well, you moved. <laughs> the one with the bow is, is Georgia Ann Austin. And then Skylar Johnson is the other one. And I want to tell you all a story about Skylar. Skylar joined KIPP in October, and um, I had given out parts, and um, all of a sudden I found out she could memorize words. And so the first Noel, I asked her Wednesday night, I said, because they didn't know the words, I said, Skylar, do you know all the words? And she said, yes, ma'am. I said, could you sing as a solo? And she said, well, I guess so. So she's singing as a solo, and she is going to sing it today also, this morning. Um, I want you to be in prayer for one of my fifth graders, though. Alana Beth Duncan um, would be singing her solo this morning also. She was diagnosed with the flu last week and is still very sick. Talking to Tish yesterday, her fever's still 101, 102. So just a very sick young lady. So if you just keep her in your prayers. So, Skylar, you ready? Okay, come on. Yeah. 
Now, please stand and shake someone's hand, especially if you see a visitor, and let them know that we're glad to have them here today. Let's do that right now. I say this every Sunday, but we really mean it. We're glad if you're a visitor here for the first time, thank you for coming. And if you would fill out one of the visitor's cards, we appreciate it. And if you have any special prayer requests, if you'll put it on that same card, we will honor those prayer requests this coming week. But whether you're home folk, whether you've been here for 100 years, or whether you're a visitor, we are glad that you're here to worship the Lord together with us. Uh, One of our fine, outstanding young deacons, Tracy Long, is going to come lead us in prayer. Good morning, everyone. For those that were here last night, we had a fantastic evening celebrating. We're going to celebrate the month of Herbert's retirement. But one of the things that was not revealed last night was in his retirement, he's going into songwriting. In fact, he and his new BFF, I learned that on Facebook, (laughs) Scotty McQuarrie, they've written the first song, and it goes like this. Eight years old, couple came posed, sitting down by the creek, watching the bobbins float. Mama's on the front porch saying, Sopper's ready, y'all come get it. They reply, Give us five more minutes. (laughs) I don't know what the royalties offer that, but apparently enough to retire. (laughs) Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful Sunday morning you've given us. Dear Lord, to let us come into your house where we can fellowship and worship and have fun. Father, as we walk in this morning and we see the stage that's set up for the children's program, for the 11 o'clock service, Father, just warms our heart to see the manger. And Father, what a true blessing it is as we hear children talking about the birth of the Christ child and Jesus that's being born. Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the family that comes together to make this church. Father, we lift your holy name up. We give you all the praise. Father, we know that you have plans for Herbert and you have plans for this church. And Father, we just pray for patience as we sit back and let your plan be revealed. We ask all this in the Lord's name we pray. Amen. 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 Carol Clayton uh, has got a couple of announcements that he wants to come and share. Just one. Uh, in the back of your bulletin, uh, second paragraph says, Interim Pastor Candidate. Next Sunday at uh, 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. in the afternoon, a week from today, we have a candidate coming who will be the interim pastor here in the church. The entire church family is, uh, those who would like to can come. Uh, you can come and hear this gentleman. He will be preaching, and you'll have a chance to hear him, and you can share your thoughts or 
vote of approval with any member of the pulpit committee, the deacon board, finance committee, or the personnel committee. So you'll have a chance to come and meet this gentleman. He is not hired officially yet. This is what we're doing. We're interviewing him, and he's coming to uh, actually preach a sermon next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. The entire church family is uh, welcome to attend and share your thoughts about this gentleman. Again, this is the interim pastor. It's not the permanent pastor. So uh, we want to keep you updated as a church family as to what's going on and encourage you to attend next Sunday evening if you would like to and share your thoughts with one of these committees. And most importantly of all, continue to pray. Uh, we feel the Lord is working and he is busy. We don't quite understand everything, but he, we know he's busy and he's working. So continue to pray for this and consider coming next Sunday evening at 6. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Uh, Tommy Jean has already mentioned that the KIPP will present their Christmas program at the 11 o'clock service and then again an encore presentation at 6 o'clock uh, tonight. So we welcome you to come both times. I know that they would appreciate it and be encouraged. Um, between the, this service and Sunday school, the GAs, RAs, Mission Friends have their biscuit sale again. Uh, and that will benefit their sinus helpers. That's how they uh, go out and help needy families with Christmas. Uh, also tonight at 7, there's the deacons meeting. Uh, tomorrow night and Thursday night, the free exercise class. We encourage you to take part in that. The Bible study on Tuesday night. Wednesday night at 6, the Act Teens, GAs, and RAs will meet at Walmart to shop for their Christmas families. So again, parents, uh, be reminded of that. And then we'll have our missions night on Wednesday night along with the men's Bible study. Uh, and, and the Baptist men and women will meet in the fellowship hall. This is a very important week in our church year. This week we will be emphasizing the uh, international missions program of the Southern Baptist Convention. In your bulletin is a prayer guide for uh, today through next Sunday, I hope you'll take advantage of this. There are short and brief stories on some of our missionaries and the countries that they serve in and how we can help them through prayer. And also, we'll be taking up the Lottie Moon offering this month. Uh, our goal is $5,500, and that will go to support our Southern Baptist International missionaries. Also, please uh, remember in prayer the, um, the adult choir they are practicing for uh, the Christmas cantata that they will present on uh, the 17th, which is two, two weeks from today. And also Saturday is the Senior Citizens Dinner beginning at 4.30. If you have not yet uh, filled out the form to let them know that you're coming, please do that today. This will help them know to, to know how much food to prepare. Um, and we would appreciate that very, very much. Please notice also on the back of your bulletin next Sunday at the end of the 11 o'clock service, we will have a, another service of believers' baptism. And also the information about the budget. Um, the budgets will be ready to pass out next Sunday morning. Then the following Wednesday night, which is the 13th, there will be a call business meeting to discuss and answer any questions and go over the proposed budget. We'll not vote that night on the budget but we will vote the following Sunday. This will be by a secret ballot. Uh, we're trying to uh, abide by the uh, church's uh, spiritual bylaws, and so we'll be voting on that uh, budget two weeks from today. Um, and again, if you have any questions, you can ask me or Fran or someone on the finance committee, and hopefully we'll be able to help you. Um, 
I want to thank everybody. Um, you guys, over the years, I'll be honest with you, I've been spoiled as a pastor, and I, I really mean that. I, I really have. And, and I appreciate every act of kindness and love, uh, the supper last night, uh, the many gifts, uh, your expressions of love are deeply appreciated. And I want to also thank you for the love and support you've given Debbie since her, well, even prior to her surgery. But I thank you for, for praying for her recovery. She is doing well. Um, HHH um, Health Services, that's Herbert's Home Health, has been. Uh, <laughs> very busy. Uh, but thank you. And I want to, th- people have brought food, and, and, and you've done so much, and, and there have been folks that have come and stayed with her so I can, I can make hospital visits. And let me say this along those lines. My visitation has been cut back last week and this week because of Debbie's surgery. I'm not trying to not make home visits, but by the time I've checked on people in the hospital, uh, it takes several hours, and so I feel uh, bad about keeping people watching Debbie because she has required, hopefully she won't require the 24-hour attention uh, after this week when she sees the doctor. But my whole point in telling you all of this is thank you. Thank you so much. And I know that the Lord is going to continue to bless you for being so good um, to me and and also to my family. A lot of folks that we want to lift up to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Let me quickly mention, uh, we've been praying for Joyce Wren now for well over two years as she has battled leukemia. Um, They called the family in last night, but about 2 o'clock this morning, uh, Ricky said that a miracle happened and that she had become very unresponsive, um, but she she woke up and she looked around at all the family and said, why are y'all here? I'm not going to die yet. Ricky told me to tell this. And, and they thank you for your prayers for them. Her condition has, has worsened and she has weakened, but yet, um, as she told the doctor the other day, she knows that she's not going to leave here until God calls her home. And with that type of faith, um, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. But please, please continue to remember her. Uh, remember Joe Lee in Salisbury, Thelma Clayton at Cambridge, Shorty Clayton in Roxborough Rehab. Uh, at Person Memorial, uh, Randy Averett had to have surgery again this week. Uh, Raymond Clayton is there in the extended care. Charlene Gentry also was admitted uh, toward the end of the week. Please remember her in prayer. And Ricky Robertson will have some tests done uh, on Thursday. And please remember this little boy that's nine years old that's in the Burns Center at Chapel Hill, Keegan Long. That is uh, uh, Gene Martin's grandson. That would have been Nanny and Marshall Hatcher's great-grandchild. But please remember him in prayer. Um, please also, as, as Tommy Jean has mentioned, um, Alana Beth uh, Duncan at home, others at home, Helen Bowes, uh, Joan Bowes, Franklin Briggs, uh, Bears Carver, uh, Elma Clayton, Linwood Clayton. Uh, Linwood had to go back and spend a night in the hospital, but he is back at home. G.H. Uh, Clayton, Mary Alice Clayton, Doyen Duncan, Cotton Eye Gentry, Marvin Giles, Felix Gentry, and Susan Gentry, Reverend Brian Hager and Donald Wilson, Larry Honeycutt, Reverend Leo and Linda Lowry, uh, Matthew Thornburg and Rocky Stewart, Brenda Stegall, uh, Deanie Wren, Pam Wren, Jackie Westbrook, who is scheduled to have surgery uh, very soon. 
um, Texie Wren at home, Donna Wilburn, and also Stan Harris's sister who lives in Delaware, Judy Downs, who had surgery again this past week. We've got several ladies that are expecting babies in the next uh, couple of weeks and just want to ask you to remember them in prayer. We don't have them on the prayer list yet, but want to remind you, uh, Beth Perguson, uh, Tyson Alkins, and Trent Clayton's wife, and I cannot remember her her name. It is Melissa. Melissa. Okay, Melissa Clayton. And so please remember these ladies as they prepare to give birth. Let's pray together. Yes, sir. Thank you. And that would be up in, in the Bedford, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. you. Y'all told me that in the hall, and by the time I got here, it had evaporated. So, okay. Anybody else? Okay. Let's pray together then. Father, Lord, you are so good to us. And thank you that no circumstance separates us from your love. Thank you, Father, that the love that you have for us, as the old hymn used to say, is just a foretaste of glory divine because your love will span eternity. And as your children, you will be our spiritual father forever and ever. God, as we as we're in the Christmas season now, Lord, may we not forget that your son truly is a reason for this season. And God, may our hearts turn to you. God, I, I thank you for all the celebrations that we're going to have with family and friends and even here at the church, Father. I thank you today for our children who will, who will retell the story of the coming of your son. And God, just bless us, Lord, in this season that our walk with you would be greater. Our knowledge of you would be greater and, Father, our work and witness and service for you would become greater, too. God, I pray today for the many folks that are sick. God, we especially want to lift up Joyce Wren to you. And we pray for her father and for Ricky that you would just see them through this time with all the uncertainties of her health. God, please, please bless them and give them assurance that you're with them and for the Nine-year-old boy that's in the burn center, bless him and his parents and grandparents. God, for so many others in hospitals and nursing centers at home, God, we pray your blessings upon them. We pray for the, the, the women that we've mentioned that will soon be giving birth, that you would just bring their babies into the world safe and healthy, and you would bless them. God, we thank you that that truly a baby has changed our world, and that baby being your son. Father, we remember Jay Dagenhart today, too. We thank you, Lord, for his ministry, not only here and in Alaska and also now in Virginia. God, may your healing hand be upon him. Bless Elaine and the girls. Keep them all in your care. And, Father, for whatever need each of us has in our hearts and minds, God, may we know that we can... We can lay that burden upon you because you care for us. And Father, please bless this service. Please bless the children as they'll lead in the 11 o'clock and the 6 o'clock service. 
And Lord, thank you for all that have come today. Thank you that we're in your presence, Father, and you welcome us here. And God, you want to speak to our hearts. So Lord, help our hearts not to be hardened toward your word or toward your spirit. But God, may you truly be able to speak. And I pray again, Father, that if there's anyone here that has not yet come to faith in Christ, that you would help them understand the gospel in the way that you have provided for all of us to know you and have our sins washed away and be made a child of God. And Father, for we who are Christians, may we rejoice again that the Savior has come and his love includes each and every one of us. As we pray together, we remember again the prayer that your son taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to ask our young children to come down to the front now.
Now, again, remember, we can't understand all this. I certainly don't. But guess what? God put baby Jesus in Mary's belly so that he could become a man just like you and I are. Let me just read this story, okay? Look, here's Mary, okay? Here's the angel Gabriel. I thought an angel would look more like me, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I just seen if y'all paying attention. Here we go. Not long after his visit to Zechariah, the angel Gabriel went down to see a young woman named Mary. She was a cousin to Elizabeth, Zechariah's wife. Mary lived in Nazareth and was engaged to Mary Joseph the carpenter. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said. God is pleased with you. You will have a baby and will name him Jesus. He will be called the Son of God. This was a big surprise to Mary. Can you imagine an angel speaking to you as a young person and saying, you're going to have a baby? When Joseph heard the news that Mary was going to have a baby, he didn't know what to think. He wasn't married to her yet. God loved Joseph and wanted him to understand that the baby was from God and everything was going to be all right. So God sent an angel to talk to Joseph in a dream. This angel told Joseph, name the baby Jesus. And that's very important to understand what the name Jesus means. He will save people from their sins. When Joseph heard God's plan, he married Mary. Now, folks, this is such an important story. And next week, we'll, we'll look at how Jesus is born, okay? All right? But, folks, the Christmas story is so beautiful, and it truly is about Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the Christmas trees and the presents and the food and everything that comes along with, with Christmas. But the most important thing is about Jesus coming to be our Savior and die on the cross for our sins. Okay? All right? Thank you guys for coming. Let me say a prayer and we'll go back to seats, okay? Father, thank you so much for our children. Lord, as they grow up, may they truly know that Christmas is about how you have loved the world so much that your son came and gave himself that we might know God in person and we might know that you are real, that you love us, and that you will forgive our sins if we trust your son. Thank you, Lord, for your children, for their parents and grandparents, for all their family and friends. Please bless them with a good and safe Christmas. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. <coughs> Good morning. Join us now as we sing hymn 182, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I'm going to give you the directions for this song, so we'll sing it the same way. We're going to start with the chorus, and then we'll do each verse, and then we'll end with the chorus. We'll sing it like Kip does it. So if everyone would rise, please.
Carver, would you lead us please in this prayer? Amen. brightly shining it is the night of our dear Savior's birth long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the song felt its words A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder praise. A new and glorious morn, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Divine, oh night, 
even if you're not here at the 11 o'clock service, please pray for our children. What a blessing. Um, the commitment they make to learn those lines and to learn those songs and the commitment that parents make to bring them for the practices and all. Thank you guys so much. We do not have the use of the overhead today, so I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter chapter 1. And this morning, as you can see from the sermon title, I want us to think about the baby that changed the world. And that that is the absolute truth that many babies that came into the world have had great influence. I hope all of our lives have had influence on the world around us. But this child, who was the Son of God, has changed the world and has changed you and I if we allow him to do that. So please let the Scripture speak to you today in the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again that we can gather in your house. God, I thank you that you do love us. Lord, the Scripture is not exaggerating and the the words of Jesus are not fake news, but Lord, they're the truth that you have loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us and to give us eternal life, not die in our sins and Lord, be separated from you forever, but you have given us your son that we might know you, we might know your love, we might know your salvation. And Father, again, just remind us, Lord, of what Christmas means. Father, sometimes I feel so ill-prepared to stand before your people, so I pray today that your Holy Spirit might guide and direct everything that is said, and you would be praised and glorified, and that all of us would be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Years ago, and I've told you this before, years ago, well, I need to read the scripture first. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. Let me, let me read these verses. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. Luke chapter 1 beginning with verse 26. What a beautiful, beautiful story. In the sixth month, now remember the first part, these first 25 verses have been about the birth of John the Baptist. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, listen to this. And again, trying to put this in perspective, here is probably a a, a young teenager that an angel has just spoken to. She is a virgin. And so how in the world can she have a child? And so Mary responds and inquires of the angel in verse 34, How shall this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born shall be called Holy, the Son of God. 
And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. A number of years ago, I read an article in a preaching magazine. And the author said that he found Christmas to be one of the hardest times of the year to prepare a sermon. And he answered the question, why, this way. How can we share the old, old story of Christmas in a new and fresh way? But in reality, the story of Christmas is not limited to several chapters in the New Testament Gospels. But the story of Christmas is what the entire Word of God is about. God became a man through his son Jesus. His son Jesus came to earth. He lived, he preached, he taught, he ministered, he did miracles, but he was rejected by humanity, not just the Jews. And folks, when you think about even our modern times, Jesus is rejected today. But Jesus died on the cross He was buried, he rose from the dead on the third day and ascended back into heaven and lives today, this moment, in the hearts and lives of those who trust him. Jesus is alive today in my heart and your heart because we have trusted him as our savior and he promises that he is within us and he will be with us. And he promises one day too that he's coming back again and what a celebration that will be. But folks, getting back on point, what was happening when Jesus was born of Mary? Well, one of the most beautiful Christmas songs, I believe, is sung by Faith Hill. And I'm talking about contemporary Christmas songs. And I know that you've heard it. A baby changes everything. And if you haven't heard that song lately, I want to encourage you to Google that. Or if you have, uh, what is it, YouTube Um, you can just go to YouTube, and and there's a very beautiful video of this song. And I just want to read the lyrics of the words to it, okay? A baby changes everything. I wish I could sing like Faith Hill. If I could, I I I would sing it to you. Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared for what's to come. A baby changes everything. Not a ring on her hand, all her dreams and all her plans. A baby changes everything. The man she loves, she's never touched. How will she keep his trust? A baby changes everything. And she cries, oh, she cries. She has to leave, go far away. Heaven knows she can't stay. A baby changes everything. She can feel it's coming soon. There's no place, there's no room. A baby changes everything. And she cries. Shepherds all gather round, up above the star shines down, a baby changes everything. Choirs of angels sing, glory to the newborn king, a baby changes everything. And folks, here's the last stanza. And this is what captured my heart. Listen to this. My whole life has turned around. I was lost, but now I'm found. A baby changes everything. And folks, that baby born in 
the manger in Bethlehem thousands of years ago has changed everything. This is what Christmas is all about. He has changed everything in my life, in your life. The baby has changed our world because that baby is and was and ever will be as the angel said to Mary in verse in verse 35, the Son of God, the Son of God. And folks, I know that right now we live in a very skeptical world. And folks, I want to tell you, if you don't believe the Word of God, then you don't believe the Christmas story. But if you believe the Word of God, you know that, that God has so loved us so much that He sent His only Son, His Son, who is God, became flesh and blood for us. And I always like to ask myself this question and ask you, can we understand everything about God? Can we ever understand everything about the birth of Jesus? And the answer to that, folks, is absolutely not. You remember as we studied about end times, I read these verses out of Isaiah often. Let me read them again. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Folks, none of us in this lifetime will ever be able to fully understand what God has done for us in sending his son. But you remember and, 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 you know, I hope if you don't remember me for anything else, you'll remember me for reading so many times John 3.16 and follow. And listen again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent the son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Folks, listen. From the beginning to the end, the word of God is about God loving his creation so much. And again, you've heard me say this. You've heard other preachers say it. You've heard your Sunday school teacher say it. God created you and I to have freedom of choice. And we can either choose to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and trust Him as our Savior, or we can reject Him. And we can try to get to heaven on our own efforts or choose our own self-righteousness. But folks, the Spirit of God would help you and I understand we cannot get to heaven without the help of God. And God provided a Savior. The Christmas story the birth of Jesus was planned in eternity before the world was ever created. The Christmas story and what happens when Jesus comes is a deliberate act of God for you and I to know how much he loves us. Listen to what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Paul wrote, but when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Folks, all of this that we read about the Christmas story and the gospel records was according to God's promises. We talked about that some last week. God had promised that a Savior would come. 
And I ask you that in the next three weeks before Christmas, that you and I privately and personally and even as a family read the accounts of Jesus' birth in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. And folks, please especially notice in, in these two Gospels, the birth stories are given. And last week I tried, to, and I want to just say this again because I think it's so important to see that God is trying to give us the information that we need to make the right decision about who Jesus is. When Mark begins his gospel, he talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ and he begins immediately with the ministry of Jesus. Because you see, Jesus not only came to be a baby, but he came to be a man and to minister and preach and teach. But in John's gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and I forget if I read that those verses or not last Sunday, but let me read them again. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, His Word was, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And what John is telling us is that before you and I were ever created, before Adam and Eve, before the human race was ever created, God had a plan knowing that His, his creation would rebel and sin against Him. God had a plan that a Savior would come. Again, how can that baby born in Bethlehem take away our sin? Well, again, I can't explain it fully. I can't grasp it myself, but I go back again to Isaiah 55. God's way, God's thinking is far above ours. But why do the gospel writers tell us these stories about the birth of Jesus well, you see between the book of Malachi, which is thought to be one of the last books written under the inspiration of God in the Old Testament, there was about a three to four hundred year period when there was, there was kind of a, a dark time for Israel. The people had no prophetic voice. There was no one who would stand up and remind them of what God promised. But as Malachi ends his book, he promises that the ministry of John the Baptist would come. Listen to this. This is Malachi 4, 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And, and he's saying someone like Elijah is going to come before the coming of the Son of God. And, and so often we say, well, that sounds like he's talking about the end time judgment. Let me tell you something. When Jesus Christ was born, mankind became accountable for the fact that God had sent his son. And by the way, we either accept him or reject him. We're judged. And that determines our eternal destiny. But in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, Malachi says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. And later on in, in, in the book of the first chapter of, of, uh, of Luke, these expressions are used again to help us understand that Jesus is the one that was promised. The coming of John the Baptist was no accident. It should have been a sign to the Jewish people. God has sent the one to prepare the way for the Savior. But there's so much more that's promised in the Old Testament. The Savior from God would come to redeem his people and his role would be suffering servant. And that's found in Isaiah 53. You see, you can't separate the cross at Calvary from this baby born in Bethlehem because he came to die. He will save his people from their sin. 
Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand that. But as time went on, as Joseph had already passed before Jesus was crucified, apparently, as Mary beheld her son dying on the cross, she finally understood what God had said. You know, years ago, the youth gave me a a picture that, that I've dearly loved over the years. I'd seen it in the Christian bookstore at that time that was in, in the Danville Mall. But it's a picture of, of Joseph in his carpenter shop and he's building something. And there's a young toddler that is picking up nails. And as the sunshine comes through the window and reflects off of the baby or, or makes a shadow, the shadow is not of that toddler's form, but the shadow is of a cross. As if God is saying, the cross awaits this toddler. The cross awaits this baby. And again, the whole Bible is trying to point out to us that Jesus came to show God's love, which would be demonstrated greatest at the cross when he shed his blood and he died for us. And so we can't separate the birth story from the cross. The birth story just begins the picture of what God is going to do through his son, Jesus. How could God love us so much? You see, John would prepare the way for the people to come. The the, the birth of Jesus should not have taken the world by surprise, but it did. If they'd have known that this was the Son of God, don't you think that they would have want, run to embrace him? Don't you think that they would not have belittled Joseph and Mary because she was pregnant out of wedlock? Don't you think that they would not have rejected the Son of God, but they did? I am so grateful that God sent his son knowing that he would be rejected, but knowing that he would provide the way of salvation and people would eventually come to believe that that baby born of Mary and Joseph is the Messiah and he is the Son of God. In Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 1, verse 21, as the angel speaks to Joseph about not divorcing Mary, The angel says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sin. This baby would change everything. That's why I believe in chapter 2 of of Luke, as the angels tell the shepherds to go into Bethlehem, that the Savior is born. Listen to this. This is in chapter 2. And I'll just begin reading with verse 11. Well, let me begin reading with verse 10. The angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, this is chapter 2, verse 10. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all people. For you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. 
And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And you know the rest of the story. They went, and they found Mary and Joseph, and they found the baby. And they recognized that this baby would change the world. Years later, when John the Baptist would see Jesus for the first time, According to the Gospel of John in chapter 1, twice as he sees Jesus, John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Folks, listen, what I am trying to tell you today is this. The Gospel writers are trying to tell us that this baby was not like any other man in the sense that this was God's son. You know, we often talk about the act of conception as being an act of God, and I truly believe it is. I think if a child is conceived in a mother's womb, it is an act of God. He alone gives life. But this baby goes beyond that. He did not have an earthly father because his mother was a virgin. Many belittle and laugh at Christianity because we say that this can happen. I believe it can happen because that's how great our God is. And he was going to work in a way that man could not work. You see, the bottom line is that we can't save ourselves. And mankind is trying to do that now in a variety of ways. But there's salvation in no other name except Jesus Christ. And this is what the Christmas story is all about. As Christians, I just want to remind us again about this baby changing everything. But if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you let him change your life? And he will. You know, I could just go on and on thinking about the people in the gospel that criticized and belittled Jesus. And one of the ways that they criticized him, we know who his parents are, it's Mary and Carpenter Joseph. And it was a way of putting him down. Many of them knew the story about how a young teenage girl had gotten pregnant, and she said, an angel told me that God gave me this baby. And I'm sure they ridiculed her and mocked her and made fun of her. And Jesus carried that mark, I'm sure, during his ministry. But folks, that baby born in Bethlehem, he is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. He died for us. He died to change us in our relationship from being separated from God to knowing God as our personal Savior. There's an additional note to this. You know, God promised all those centuries his, his Savior would come, and he did. And Jesus promised, if I go away, I'm going to come again. And we've already studied that, folks, but I want to tell you, If God kept his first promise to send his son, the promise of his son returning will be kept also. I just pray that the Spirit of God speaks to us and helps us again see that this baby has changed everything, most especially you and me. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, God, what a wonderful and remarkable story the coming of your son. God, may it be more than just a story that we tell at this time of the year. 
God, may we truly let your son change us and change our world. God, I pray that we as Christians would rejoice again knowing that God has loved us so much. Your son has loved us so much that he, he left heaven and came to earth to save us. And Father, I pray if there is someone here that has not yet trusted you as Savior, Father, speak to their hearts. Lead them, Lord, to come to faith in you and know that Jesus truly is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Thank you that we have so much to celebrate, and may we truly do that to honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.